How is it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Buddy's House of Horror Podcast. We are finally on to season two of the original run of the House of Horror. And today's episode is my interview with Rachel Anderson coming at you from October 16th, 2019. Rachel was an amazing guest to have on the show. She's incredibly talented. And instead of just listening to me talk about her here, we're just going to get right to the show as always. If you guys haven't subscribed to the show yet, make sure you go ahead and do that and leave me a rating and review. And if you're not subscribed over on my YouTube channel yet, you got to make sure you do that as well. I'm having 31 videos come out this October just in time for the spooky season, so you definitely don't want to miss it. Without further ado, we're going to get right to the show, so as always, take care and stay spooky. How's it going, everyone? And welcome back to another episode of the House of Horror podcast. I've got a really exciting episode for you guys this week as I sit down with the extraordinarily talented Rachel Anderson. I've known of Rachel for a few years through the Cleveland film scene, but I've never really gotten the chance to meet her until now. And I'm really excited that I got the chance to get to know her a little bit through this podcast. Rachel really is a triple threat as she's an incredibly gifted model, singer, and actor. As you can see from the picture in the thumbnail, she just did a spooky Halloween-themed photo shoot, which we get into a little bit in the show. She's also a classically trained singer and has brought her talents to the stage in such roles as Joanna from Sweeney Todd, Morticia Adams from The Adams Family, and Mary Poppins in, well, Mary Poppins. We also obviously talk about some of the various films she's been a part of over the years, such as the sci-fi horror epic Fighting the Sky, the Christmas slash-tacular Mother Krampus 2, and the upcoming film Night of the Living Dead Rebirth. If you're a fan of Night of the Living Dead, this is definitely one that you're going to want to check out. And in fact, I have a whole Night of the Living Dead video coming out this Friday on the channel, so you don't want to miss that. But anyway, this was a really great talk with Rachel, and it was a real pleasure getting to know her, and I hope that you enjoy the show. If you guys haven't already, please make sure that you subscribe to my channel and turn on notifications so you know when I post new videos. And if you were to give this video a thumbs up and share it with a friend, it would be greatly appreciated. If at some point down the line you happen to be listening to this on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts, make sure that you subscribe to the show and give me a rating and review. Without further ado, enjoy my interview with my friend Rachel Anderson. So I saw recently that you actually just did a Halloween-themed photo shoot um, with some pretty interesting pumpkin makeup. So why don't you kind of give me the uh, the background on how that whole thing kind of got started? Sure. Um, I've worked with a number of photographers a few times, and they like working with me because I bring, you know, my acting experience to set. So anything that requires, you know, a more... Uh, um, like more ambiance, more a more of a feeling to it. Then the photographer contacts me and asks me to do shoots. Um, that photographer is Chris Douglas, and he approached me a few months ago about um, doing a, a, a very unique makeup look. And uh, he got the makeup artist who actually is um, 17 years. She did makeup in LA, so oh, wow. I would very excited to work with her. Um, she has a very extensive resume and, um, oh goodness. I can't remember. Heather, Heather is her name. Um, I was excited to work with her because I knew that the makeup would be, um, professional and be incredible. I sat for three hours for the makeup. <laughs> um, the, uh, the photographer didn't, um, no, it would take that long. I did. I was ready. I was yeah. ready to for a while. 
Um, and uh, the initial idea was to have, you know, kind of that look of my skin melting away and have the pumpkin showing through. And we shot at a cemetery up in Cleveland. It's a very famous one. And um, got some really good pictures in there. Uh, the lighting that day wasn't wasn't the greatest but i think we we worked through it <laughs> yeah but it was a lot of fun uh chris any any time a photographer has a unique idea i'm always up for it um i also actually that's the first shoot i've done in a while because i've actually gained uh, a lot of weight and so it was actually empowering for me to do a shoot right now um with you know, that body positivity kind of thing, you know, I'm always talking about that in my Facebook feed. And so um, I was like, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and do this shoot. And it turned out really well. And it was, it was a great experience. So yeah, I've yeah. seen I've seen you gotten a lot of very positive um, feedback for that. Is that just kind of going to be? Um, is it going to be used for anything? Like, is it going to be in like magazines or anything? Or is it just kind of was it just kind of for fun? It was for Chris's portfolio. And uh, Heather's portfolio for me, um, I don't really, through my agency, I'm more like commercial, um, like corporate modeling and stuff like that. So they would never need those kind of pictures from me. Um, they more focus on like my mom look than anything else. That's, that's <laughs> really what I get, what I get paid to do nine times out of 10 is, is be the mom. So, uh, for me, it's not really going to be used for anything, um, as far as, um, <clears throat> like marketing tools or anything like that, but it's always nice to have, um, something different in your portfolio in the event that someone needs to see something unique and out there. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, who knows? I mean, it could lead to something down the line and I mean, it's, it's good to show some versatility in your work and shows, Oh, I, I can be more than just, just the mom. I can do different things as well. So it, it's also um, beneficial to show that I am the type of model that will sit for that makeup. Um, a lot of times, um, Models have, you know, a, like a hard time being there that long for a shoot like this. And so the fact that I was willing to do that says, says some positive things about me as well. Yeah, <laughs> cool. Um, so um, I guess sort of just take me back to how you got involved in all this kind of stuff. Like, did you, were you into acting and modeling um, in your youth or has this sort of been a recent thing? Well, when I was in eighth grade, I got cast as the narrator in Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. Uh, that was my first show on stage. I fell in love with it and had and just started doing theater as much as I could ever since. Then when I went to college, I majored in music. I have a almost a vocal performance degree. <laughs> and so I'm a classically trained singer. Um, when I went through my divorce, I looked to theater as a kind of therapy, like a positive thing for me to do while I was going through this, this, this hard time in my life. And I ended up meeting Angela Bohm and we worked together on a musical called Jekyll and Hyde. And one day she was auditioning for a movie and she said, Rachel, why don't you have an agent? And I'm like, what, what do you mean? There are agents in Ohio? <laughs> what, 
what for? For film? Like, and she's like, yes, you could be making money doing this. And I'm like, really? Like, I didn't, I didn't know that existed in Ohio. So she hooked me up with Talent Group and Talent Group signed me. And my first booking, they needed someone that could, um, could really show genuine emotion. And so I can cry on cue and my audition, I cried and I booked it. And then I've been doing commercial and film acting ever since. Um, before I met Angela Bohm on the indie film front, um, Roger Connors actually had asked me to be a part of a movie called Raw Focus. That movie, I, I don't know if it will ever be done, <laughs> but it was my first foray into film. And it taught me a lot. And then Roger's next project, um, Night of the Living Dead Rebirth, I play the role of Helen, and he is still working on that and sending me some very, very, very juicy tidbits <laughs> and um, snippets of the movie. And when that when that film comes out, I will be quite proud of the work I did on it. It is going to be a stunning film. I'm very excited. Yeah. Yeah, I saw the trailer for that one, and it looks really good. And you're actually, you're sort of the star of the uh, the trailer, like the sneak peek thing that they put out for it. <laughs> Yes, that was actually shot at my um, former home in Wadsworth. It was shot on my porch um, and it was freezing that day. So I didn't have to reach very hard to do the, um, the fear shaking in that, in that particular uh, scene. Roger actually also sent me a snippet um, later in the film. And he's given me this incredible moment where Helen is... Um, finally realizing that it's nearing the end, like the zombies are everywhere. They're getting in the house and she's panicking and, and all of this fear and craziness is going through, but it's a, a quiet moment for her, like a, a slow, quiet build to this. And it's, it's, it's awesome. I can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. Um, and we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that later on. Um, but before we get into some of your films, um, you mentioned that you had done stuff on the stage for a while. Um, and I'm assuming, I'm assuming you still do stage stuff here and there. Um, but what were some of the more fun stage roles that you've done? I've, I've seen clips of you being Mary Poppins and sort of flying all over the place. Um, was that a fun one? What were some of the, the best experiences you've had on the stage? When I, um, I took a break in college and then returned back. And after um, I returned, um, I had been asked to do the role of, play the role of Aldonza in Man of La Mancha. Um, I'm not sure if you're familiar, but that is a very intense role. There is a rape scene in that, um, in that, uh, that show. And um, the vocals, the vocal requirements for that role are very challenging. You have to go from a very low part of your vocal range to a very high part of your vocal range. She is, in a sense that she plays, she's a whore. Um, and so there, her like character arc, it's strong. It's like, she doesn't, um, she doesn't, pardon me, someone is texting me and oh, it's me. I'm sorry. Um, 
she's a very strong role in a sense. So the vocals are very powerful and you have to have a certain like very extensive vocal range, the acting chops. And that was the first time I felt in a musical that the acting and the singing were both equally important. And I love challenges like that where you have um, you have to reach really deep down and, and, and work hard to, to get that, um, that character set. And the physicality of the show was difficult as well. I had to do a lot of stunt work. There was a point where I was jumping off of tables and throwing pots. And of course, um, the choreography for the rape scene was pretty intense as well. So I remember at one point, the muleteers, they, they didn't know at the time, but there was a point where they, they, pull me across the table and one of them accidentally had stepped on my hair. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I had lost a chunk of hair that day. So um, as far as other experiences, of course, Mary Poppins is one of my favorites. Um, one of my favorites. I wore that flying harness the whole show. I tap danced in that flying harness. I sang in that flying harness because I was on stage so much. I did not have time to take it off and put it back on and take it off and put it back on. And so um, it was it it was challenging in and of itself just singing <laughs> dancing with that harness on the entire time. But to bring to life a role like that, something that iconic is is a big responsibility. So I tried to capture the magic that um, you know the goddess herself brought to the screen but also um, make it my own because to copy someone isn't exactly doing your work. Um, you can take from, but then you, you make it your own and that's where the magic starts. Um, one of my other roles that I played that was just so much fun, um, I did the regional premiere of uh, The Addams Family. Oh, wow. And I played Morticia and that was just it was such a fun role because, you know, you don't really, the Adams family, <clears throat> there are serious ish moments, but nothing is ever truly dramatic in that show. Yeah. You have, you have the fun aspect of, um, the, <laughs> the family and their struggles in and of itself. Um, that role was, a little bit challenging for my vocal cords. I actually uh, was co um, concerned about nodes for a while because the range was very deep. And yeah. um, her, her song in that show is called Death is Just Around the Corner. <laughs> and it's down deep. Death is just around the corner. And I'm a, I'm a lyric soprano. So to get down in my chest voice and stay there for an entire show, for an entire run... Yeah, was pretty difficult for me, but my voice is fine, so I was concerned for no reason. <laughs> yeah. So, um, obviously, when you're on the stage, there's the immediate audience reaction to it. You're getting applause and stuff like that. <laughs> um, film, it's a little bit different. Um, which do you enjoy more? Do you like that immediate response, or do you like better waiting and waiting, and then you get the response at, like, a premiere or something like that? Um, I actually do prefer being on stage, um, mostly because it's, it's very challenging to have your performance set like that. 
Um, when I when I got into film, it just blew my mind that people didn't have the entire script memorized already when I went to set. <laughs> I was like, no one no one has the whole script memorized. Like, what? What's going why? on? <laughs> you know, um, because with theater, you know, you have to have everything planned out and set before you perform. Um, of course, I don't do that anymore unless I have uh, a lead role and um, I have a lot of work. Um, I try to memorize things for lead roles or supporting leads before we start filming because that helps me get to know the character. It helps me to do my work. Um, you know, if you don't really know the words and, and know the script, um, I don't think that you've really done your job as an actor. Um, I feel that, um, you know, you have to research the script and why would this person say this and ask all those questions before you start filming. Unless, of course, you happen to get this role the day beforehand, which does happen. Then you, yeah. <laughs> you can only do so much. Um, but yeah, I prefer that um, feeling that the audience is there with me in the moment. Um, and so far, the movie premieres that I've gone to, um, my favorite part of those is actually the Q&A afterwards when people ask me about my work and how'd you do this and what took you there and stuff like that. And they, they show me that they're interested in how I got, um, came about the role. But oftentimes movie premieres in Ohio have a lot of other film people in them. So it's not really, in my opinion, like an audience, audience reaction. Right. It's, it's a lot like of the crew, family, and friends. Reaction, yeah. You know? Um, so it, it's always fun for me to hear that someone outside of the film community watched my work and, and, but it's usually when, uh, the film is on Amazon prime or, or something like that. That's usually when they see that they usually don't come to the premiere itself. So, yeah. Um, I believe you've talked about this in the past, but, um, I know for me being a part of this indie film world, um, you work on a lot of stuff. And then sometimes you might never see it again, or maybe someone will release yeah. someone will release it, and then there's no premiere, and no one really knows where to see it or how to see it. What is the importance, especially from like an actor perspective? What is the importance of having a big premiere like that? For me, if it is an indie film project that I was not paid on, it's a way for the. Um, in a sense, most indie films are funded by the director. And if you're not paid on a project, it is a way for that director to show appreciation to their actors. The work that they did for free, um, you know, it's still work. And being that I am a paid actress, um, for me to be on set, 20 plus days and to spend time and usually I costume myself and, and my own hair and makeup and stuff like that. If you don't have a premiere, it, it's almost like premieres are like thank you cards to your team, to your actors. Like here, let us showcase you. You guys did this for me. I'm going to do this for you. That's how I, I, I see movie premieres. Um, to have work that I've done um, not highlighted, not marketed, not showcased. It, it's 
for me, extremely disappointing. And the work that I've done that is incomplete and sitting in a basement somewhere, you know, you, you try not to be upset about that type of stuff, but I have had some projects that have just Words. really broke my heart. Yeah. <laughs> um, the work that you put into that, when I'm asked to do something, whether I'm paid or not, I give it 150%. And um, I know not everyone does that. I do because it's my work. It's what I, this is my work, what I can control of the circumstances in the, in the project. So when things go awry with projects, it's hard not to get discouraged. But um, then you have people like Roger Connors, uh, the ball of love and light that he is. Uh, sending me incredible clips of his movie. And so I perk up a little bit when I see stuff like that and thank him very much for it because he knows that he knows that there have been a number of projects where I have been discouraged and pretty, pretty put out. Um, yeah. yeah. And plus, <laughs> I, I mean, I can imagine it's, I mean, it's difficult for me to commit to doing a bunch of projects all the time. And I mean, I, and I'm in my 20s. Um, like, I can't even imagine putting out all my time and being a mother and working like a real job and stuff like that. How do you kind of find the balance to, to do this? Fortunately for me, um, my job is very flexible. I am a cataloging supervisor for a company called LKQ. It is an auto salvage company. And basically what I do all day, every day is problem solve, um, problem solve cataloging issues. So it's not really a time-sensitive job, and I can do it from home. So I have been with the company long enough to uh, have been afforded that that luxury. I get to yeah. I'm actually <laughs> at my desk right now. <laughs> um, so that's how um, the work the work thing is managed. You know, if I need to pause to film, um, I'm also my desk is in my studio as well if I need to film an audition or if I need to go to Pittsburgh one day to audition for something uh, I can and I can make up the hours later um, as far as the mom the mommy thing is concerned I don't do a lot of theater these days because theater was actually the bigger time commitment uh, for me than film usually you have at least a month's worth of rehearsals, and nine times out of ten, those rehearsals go Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, <clears throat> and then you usually have three to four weeks of Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday performances. Right. Um, theater does not pay very well in Ohio, so, um, you know, I would lose money, and of course, I would have to get babysitting for my for my kiddos. Um these days, it's actually more about their extracurricular activities and trying to get them hooked on something. Um, my daughter Lillian has tested her tested her acting ability uh, on one of Eddie's sets. Um, unfortunately, that storyline kind of didn't work with the what the film the the way the film was going, so we ended up having to cut it. But I was very impressed with my yeah. little princess. Um, <clears throat> but Lately, if someone approaches me about a lead in a film, um, I have to be very upfront and this is my schedule. This is when I can film. You know, I have shared custody of my children with my ex-husband. So there are some times, some availability 
in, in my schedule to do this type of stuff without having to worry about getting a babysitter or taking my kiddos to set. And um, I have to be a stickler about that. And it has lost me some roles, you know, um, some work, but usually that work isn't paid or it doesn't pay very well. So it's not a huge concern for me other than not getting to act as much as I would like. Um, but, you know, it's still... We still act in plenty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> very, keep busy enough. Very cool. Um, so, yeah, you've mentioned Roger Connors a few times, and you've worked on a bunch of projects with him. So let's just kind of dig into some of the things you've been a part of. Um, we've talked about Night of the Living Dead Rebirth a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. so, let, so let's just start with that. Um, where did Were you involved in, like, the, uh, the idea-making? Because I know you and Roger are good friends. Were you involved at all in like the pre-production of that? Or how did that whole idea come about to do a Night of the Living Dead um, sort of reboot, spiritual successor? What exactly is it? Because I noticed on the IMDb there is a character named Ben who is the main character of Night of the Living Dead. So is this like a spinoff or? It's a remake, but there are some definite changes to make it more... um, more modern, but still keeping the essence of the original. Um, Roger approached me about that after he had completely written the script. Um, I read the script. It's very good. And um, I was like, yes, absolutely. I will do this. Um, There, you know, of course it's not a shot for shot remake. Um, it, It, Roger did, take creative liberty with uh, a lot of things and it works very well with this film for instance Barbara is not a woman Roger plays um the the role Adam yes his name is Adam in the film and there's a dynamic there um because Adam is a gay character and you have that different kind of um, struggle there for his character with some of the other characters in the movie. So it does kind of tap into um, some more modern themes, issues, and stuff like that while still keeping that original idea. The zombies are still very Night of the Living Dead-esque zombies. And Roger has always absolutely loved that movie. So I think that's really why he decided to to try doing a remake of it. Um, I play the role of Helen. Um, and actually, uh, she is stronger in this film than uh, the original. She actually ends up um, sticking up for herself uh, a lot. In, in this film and, and end up, actually ends up um, shooting her husband. <laughs> I, I, um, in the film, you see the struggle between husband and wife and um, she's obedient to a certain extent. And then her husband's hatred just goes too far. And, um, with everything going on in the film and my daughter got bed and all this stuff and we need to protect this. And he's, he's fighting with all these people. She ends up just 
taking the bull by the horns and sticking up for herself. I take a couple blows in this film. Um, my husband does end up, you know, beating me at one point. And uh, then she ends up, she ends up... Uh, you get your revenge. Taking care of that. <laughs> yeah. So when were you guys shooting that one? Oh my goodness, it's been, it's, it's been years. Um, we started filming that about five years ago, I think. And actually, last year, we did some stunt work for um, part of, part of the film. I, I end up falling down the stairs. And so there was a gym that was willing to let us shoot me falling backwards onto a mat. And it is one of the scariest things I've ever done in my life. (laughs) (laughs) I was, oh, I would say 10, 15 feet up on a platform. And um, they had the camera set above me. And I just had to fall backwards and look scared. I didn't have to act because (laughs) I was scared because I can fall. I don't like falling backwards because you don't see where you're going. Am I, am I making the mat? Am I, and I was very safe. They they said I had lots of cushion, but that was, that was scary. And then, um, for the actual fall down the stairs itself, um, the gentleman that works at that gym ended up uh, doing that, um, doing an actual fall down the steps in my dress. Oh, well, there you (laughs) go. (laughs) <laughs> I had a stunt double for this film. Um, the the fall was supposed to be brutal enough that it breaks my leg. And so we needed an actual stunt person to do that because I have no um, formal stunt training. And it ended up working out really well. We got it in one shot. So well, there you go. One so, fall for him. Thank goodness. <laughs> so was uh, So was the 15 foot drop, was that the scariest thing you've ever had to do for a film, do you think? Yes. Yeah. So far. <laughs> so yeah. far. Um, I don't. I've done some some pretty difficult things, but as far as stunt work that has been scary, I haven't really been scared um, until that that one. Like that that was like a ooh, I'm falling, I'm falling backwards, and I can't I can't see what I'm doing, and I actually had to like prepare myself. Right. And. They're like, we're rolling. And I'm like, okay, so should I just go? Yeah, you should just go. Okay, give me a minute. (laughs) (laughs) I'll come in a second. (laughs) Uh, I've had to do some gross things. Uh, Same film, um, Night of the Living Dead Rebirth. We've actually filmed most of my stuff on the first day of filming. Um, It was all in the cellar area. And at the end of the day, it was about 11 o'clock at night, 11, 11.30. Um, I had to dump pig guts on my feet. Oh my. And up until that point, I hadn't had any experience with pig guts. And, uh, Ron George actually has a behind the scenes snippet of, of me saying, Roger, one has to mentally prepare for this. <laughs> like, yeah. Pig guts. It smells so bad. Um, and then, um, so we're getting the shot and I'm dumping the pig guts and Roger's like, okay, shuffle your feet around. And so I'm shuffling my feet around in the pig guts, getting 
pig gut blood all over my my pantyhose because I wear pantyhose in the film, and it was uh, it was pretty pretty gross. Um, but you got to do what you got to do, and it looks really good. <laughs> so yeah, why not? You know, very cool. So um, it's so far it's scheduled at least according to the internet. It's supposed to be released next year. Is that is that a good assumption? Very reasonable. Yes. At this point, they're just adding um, the special effects. And Roger gets really excited every time a snippet's done. He sends it to me and he's like, look, we got, some, we got this done. And um, yeah, very, very realistic. Um, he is working with Mick um, to complete the film. And then Megan, uh, I don't know how you say her, like, Quisenberry? I believe is the CGI artist on it. Um, we're doing something a little different with the zombie eyes. Um, Roger posted a screen snip, um, I believe yesterday of kind of the look that they're going for. Um, in any zombie film, you hope that the zombies don't blink or look alive. And, you know, this kind of helps with that, um, helps with that look a bit, especially when you have, you know, less experienced actors playing the parts of zombies. Sometimes yeah. you get some blanks, sometimes you get some squints, you know, so um, that was a very <clears throat> creative way to take care of some of the, the issues there to make it more believable. Yeah, so practical effects with some CGI enhancements, basically. Yeah, so next year um, is a very realistic release date for that, and I will be so thrilled to see the the final um, piece. I'm very proud of the work I did in that film. Yeah, very cool. Um, so you've also worked on some various other um, films in the spooky genre. Do you kind of seek out the spooky films, or is it just kind of that's what everyone's making? They come to me. <laughs> they come to me. Um, I think it's actually just the region I live in. A lot of people, um, there's a, a larger indie horror scene here. Um, and I think with the fact that I can scream and cry, it kind of lends to that genre as well. Um, I have done a number of shorts that kind of reach outside of that but um have never done a romantic comedy <laughs> oh really that's one hey guys if you need someone for a romantic comedy i'm your I'm well your if i would have i mean i did one three years ago if i if i would have known i would have <laughs> found something for you to do in there <laughs> <laughs> thanks um so uh yeah the roles kind of just seek me out um the genre and stuff like that i was never a huge horror movie fan um, until I started acting in them. And now I'm like, ooh, let's go watch this. Let's watch yeah. this. <laughs> what, are, um, what are some of your favorites? Recently, um, The Haunting of Hill House. Oh, yeah. That uh, Netflix series was just incredible. The writing, the acting, the cinematography, everything in it just kept me captivated the whole time. Um, so that's that's a big one. I am a huge fan of sci-fi. So anytime there's like sci-fi mixed in with things like Event Horizon is one of the, in my personal opinion, scariest uh, thriller horror movies I've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> uh, to be trapped on a cursed ship. Ooh, no, thank you. Yeah. 
Um, so those are just a couple favorites. Um, as far as like the big ones, um, you know, I like, I like ghost stories a lot. Uh, so the, um, oh gosh, the conjuring. Yeah. And I love the shining. I mean, who doesn't love the shining? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just that, that, that is an incredible piece of film. Um, I'm actually participating in the 48 hour film festival this weekend. And so we're actually gathering ideas and props and location stuff for, for that. So that should be fun. Um, have you the done, 40, the, have you done the 48s before? I have not done the horror 48s. Oh, okay. I, two years ago, uh, Conrad, uh, asked me to participate beyond his team for the regular 48. And I'm like, you know, I'm not doing anything that weekend. Why not? Um, our team ended up winning the 48. And so this year he asked me to be a part of it again. And he gave me a nice challenging role. I was crying for about <laughs> six hours on set that day. And, um, we won again this year. So it was a lot of fun. So we're going to have some fun this weekend and create a scary, scary 48 hour film. <laughs> yeah. And, and I guess sort of speaking of him, um, and you had mentioned sci-fi, um, you were actually in, um, a sort of sci-fi thriller horror film called fighting the sky. Mm -hmm. Um, why don't you tell me a little bit about that one? I was only on set for that film one day, actually. Um, and that film did not have a script. Um, it was funny. It was my first time working with Conrad. And um, he was directing us through the scene. And he was like, okay, um, you're playing on your phone. You guys are kind of fighting. And Rachel comes in with uh, something like, you know, put your phone away or, you know, you're a teacher and this, you're a camp counselor. So kind of say something like that. So we go through the scene and I, I you know, put your phone away, or you're going to lose it. And he's like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, it's fun when I work with directors that get positively surprised by my acting abilities and so that was one of those moments where he's like okay don't need to worry about that yeah <laughs> and we shot um another scene in a park i'm actually the first person in that movie to be abducted and when i saw that scene after they had added the cgi i was like oh this is awesome yes um that movie was was quite very enjoyable when I went to the premiere. I, I really, uh, I love Greg, the um, DP on that film. He is a very talented man and he did a really, really good job on that film. What is it like being abducted? How, like, how was it like to shoot that? Um, you know, <laughs> I actually had to freeze and drop my phone and act like I was being pulled up. Right. And whenever someone is like, how do you cry? How do you do this? How do you do that? I can't really answer them very well. <laughs> <laughs> I just, you know, I basically put into motion the physicality of what I feel would happen if I were being lifted up and just play that 
as much as I can. And if the director has any notes for me, then, then I adapt what I'm doing. Um, but they actually took my body and what I was doing and then just moved it up in the CGI. It was so cool. It was yeah. super cool. It was raining that day, though. It was, it, and someone, someone on set stole my umbrella. <laughs> oh, well, that's not good. <laughs> and curse. That was a good one, too. <laughs> cool. So, yeah, it, I mean, it was a small role, but it's a very impactful role. I mean, you're the first person in the entire movie to get up. What, what is the movie about? Is it just aliens come and fuck shit up? Or is that is that the... I haven't seen the film yet, but... Um, it, it actually has a pretty crazy side story ending. Um, you end up learning about another abduction that happened. And these, these aliens are actually after the lead, um, played by Angela, who she's just a doll. I love her. Um, the end of the movie, she ends up going with the aliens and they transport her back in time to the sixties, I believe. And she wakes up and she's in another time period. Um, the, the last scene of the movie, Conrad had to, um, organize the period cars, the outfits, the, and it, it was shot beautifully. So it's, it's kind of like almost like an unanswered ending in a sense because you're like, what? Yeah. What? She's, she's in the sixties now. What? What is she gonna do? Like, yeah. How? What is she gonna do now that she's in the sixties? It's one of those things. Um, it's like a very artistic kind of ending uh, for a movie that has aliens in it. So. Right. And w where can people check out that? Is it on? It's on Amazon, right? I believe it's on Amazon Prime. Um, I know that they actually had a pretty crazy um, distribution in Japan, I believe. Oh, they, really? They some success over there, too. Yeah, it's cool. Um, they have, like, um, the whole, like, uh, they redid the cover and everything like that. And it looks super, like, sci-fi, you know, the kind of um, cool graphics that you would see on a sci-fi film over there. It's, it's awesome. It was really cool uh, learning about that with Conrad. Um, speaking of Conrad, I also did another film with him called The Colors of Desire. That was one of my most challenging roles um, that I have done on film to date. Uh, the character I play is kind of, um, in a sense, unsavory. The lead character in that film does not talk. And I play his girlfriend, in a sense. And um, I'm cheating on him. And it was all shot in black and white until the end. I'm not sure if you're familiar. <laughs> but um, I actually had to orgasm on camera for that one. Um, oh, that's interesting. And <laughs> it was, hmm? So that must have been interesting. <laughs> it was because we shot that in Roger's apartment, that particular scene, and the neighbors downstairs thought we were shooting a porno. And so it was interesting the next day when we went down to film the scenes out in the street, um, they actually approached us and and confronted us and like, what are you shooting? 
there? Is this some sort of dirty film? And we're like, no, really? No. <laughs> like, I wasn't even naked. <laughs> it's, just like, it's a very avant-garde piece. I'm sorry if I was too loud. <laughs> but um, in that film, I have a six-minute monologue um, where I smoke. So I had to learn how to smoke. And uh, I've never smoked a cigarette in my life. <laughs> and so that was an interesting, uh, interesting thing I had to end up doing. And for this monologue, um, it was so intense that I felt I didn't, I didn't want to be loud with it. It needed to be very quiet. And so we ended up doing our first take. And I always love when this happens. Uh, Conrad came in and he was like, holy shit, Rachel. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, that is the reaction I like to get from my director. Yeah. Yes, I did my work. And um, we actually had to re-record the sounds, just the sounds, because I was so quiet that they were unsure that I would be, um, that I would be heard and that the sound wouldn't work. So it was, it was fun. It was super fun. That whole, that whole moment, um, to have something six minutes long in film, uh, in one take is a lot. And it, it really challenged me because you have to be in it and on point over and over and over again. Um, so that was, that was a good one. But doing doing stuff on stage did that help you out with that because I mean you gotta I mean there's no all right cut we're gonna do this again and stuff like that I mean on the stage it's all one take exactly one of my um one of my favorite uh roles from like a dramatic piece a straight play was Maggie the cat and cat on a hot tin roof if you know anything about that play the first act there are three acts uh in that play the first act is 45 minutes long, and it is all Maggie talking. <laughs> well. <laughs> so that script was all yellow when I highlighted it. Um, <laughs> and it, it, it was the first time I had ever done a straight play. So <laughs> yeah. my friend Brian um, knew, that, knew that I could do it and ended up um, casting me in the role. So it was pretty cool. You were in the, uh, you were in some of Eddie's films, right? You were in, yeah, was. Uh, why don't you talk about some of those? Okay, so um, Mother Krampus is a big one. I play a parole officer in that film. Um, the feedback I've gotten from reviewers and, and um, people that have seen the film is that I'm the, the, the heartfelt kill in that movie <laughs> that everyone seems to like my character Paula in that movie. Um, <clears throat> it was a pleasure getting to work with Caitlin on that film. Um, we became friends over the course of filming that. And I am eternally grateful for that because she is an incredible human. I also got to work with Robbie Barnes and Tiffany Hilton, um, both very, experienced actresses in the area so that was a lot of fun um my favorite part about being on set for that film um was actually um the um my character got a lot of great like little almost like one-liner moments like yeah. 
you know, like a <laughs> gun or, you know, stuff like that. And um, the when I get killed, it's it's that like, oh, that just happened. Wow. She just got she just died. And that stinks. And I yeah. felt it. <laughs> I feel something like from a film that I do. I feel like good. Did my job in that one. Yeah. Um, it. I like fight scenes. I like filming fight scenes. So um, any stunt work that I end up doing is is super fun to me. Like, and when we did that um, axe cutting, I, I get chopped <laughs> in the stomach with an axe. Um, I got to handle pig guts again. There you go. <laughs> I get to drop them out of my stomach. And uh, the way they shot that was just super cool. Ended up cutting together really, really well. Uh, let's see. What else have I done with Eddie? Um, right now, we're working on uh, the um, Slua movie. I think I'm saying I, that. I, I was going to ask you because I don't know how they pronounce it. I've, I've I seen it's like it's spelled like slua or something or slua. Slua, I, you know what? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I don't have to say the word in the movie, so well, that's, that's why I that's why I don't know. Um, that movie has morphed and changed and kind of grown into uh, a pretty cool idea, pretty cool um, little story. I actually have an Irish accent in that film. Or at least I try to have an Irish accent in that film. Um, Irish accents are one of the most challenging things I've ever studied. Um, because it's very regional. And it changes in so much with, you know, north, south, east, west. You know, if you're from Dublin, it's one accent. If, right. And so I had to kind of coordinate my accent with uh, the lead in the movie, Dawn. Um, and kind of create like what I thought would be a believable accent for someone who's lived in the United States for quite some time. Cause you know, eventually you stop It like kind of goes away after a while. If you've lived here your whole life, you yeah. know, um, Roger's concept for the actual Slua character itself i saw some pictures i'm not sure if they were posted to the public or just in the um in the group incredible incredible he designed this 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 character and with that design just just put the the film's cool factor like plus 100 points <laughs> is that the uh yeah. the, the demon queen character is that what you're referring mm -hmm. to yeah mm -hmm. those those are out on the uh, in public so if people are listening to this they can go check those out because yeah those are insane <laughs> the the makeup by daniel um he he's very talented i've worked with him a lot um on set a really nice dude too um, he just knocked it out of the park and it just, just added so much to the film with just that one character design. So Roger should be really, really proud of that one. Yeah. <laughs> cool stuff. Um, my character is a bartender in that film, um, sister to the lead and, uh, basically, um, 
just, uh, she's again, kind of the sweetheart of the film. Initially, I was supposed to come in and battle, battle some demons in the end and stuff, but um, scheduling stuff and the fact that the set has gone on longer than we thought because we had a scare with the, the footage being lost and we weren't sure if we were going to be able to finish it. Um, with that delay and everything, um, my schedule has gotten to the point where it's like, guys, I can't, I can't be right. on set all night, every night, you know, anymore. So they ended up killing me, um, in this really cool, epic little fight. And, uh, I am okay with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Kill me guys. I'm good. Um, but I get some really cool scenes in that movie. I have this like rifle half the time and I'm hunting. Yeah. I was going to, I was going to ask you cause you said, you said you were kind of the sweetheart of the film, but then I'm looking at these photos and you're, <laughs> you're covered in blood carrying around a shotgun. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, no one cares if I'm killing demons. The one <laughs> thing that I would absolutely love to do at some point is play a villain. I haven't done that yet. I could be a really good villain. I think, I think I could be, I could knock that one out of the park, but I'm usually the good person. I'm usually the good girls in the film, but, um, yeah, that one is, it's going to be fun seeing what they end up doing with that one. Um, Don's character is pretty funny in the whole film, too. So it's one of those where, you know, it's it's a good story. It's got some humor in it with a side of super fun blood and guts and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> And that, and they're still shooting that one, correct? Because it seems like it seems like every weekend I'm seeing like more pictures posted at like 3 a.m. of stuff. And <laughs> yeah, Roger has been very busy on set for that film. Um, he plays. Uh, he's actually another lead. Um, initially, he was actually supposed to die, and they ended up um, not killing him off. Um, that usually happens to Roger in films, actually. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, okay, we're going to kill you, this, this, this. Never mind. I think you're actually going to come back because you're a really good character. And uh, so he ends up uh, doing a couple comeback moments uh, in in a lot of the films that we do. He had a couple of those in Raw Focus. Uh, let's see. Did he... Yep. And in uh, Mother Krampus. So, yeah, he ends up. <laughs> He ends up, like, not dying most of the time. Um, he plays a character that had a run-in with these demons before, and he's coming back to seek revenge and yeah. stuff. So, um, he, uh, he's straight in this movie, and he does a really, 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 really good job. Really good job of playing a straight, straight man, and he was excited to have that challenge. Um, on his acting reel because um, he, he wants to kind of like branch out uh, as far as his footage is concerned. So right, and not be like typecast. It's like, oh, this is this is the yeah, the, yeah. Roger, um, Roger, uh, Lady Athena Slay, I think from uh, Mother Krampus. Yeah, <laughs> uh, his scenes in those movie they're they're belly busters. <laughs> and you were with him in uh, a short film called Domestic, right? Yes. And I, I, I know that you've posted that you're very proud of that one. Um, so why don't, why don't you talk that one up a little bit? 
So Malachi asked me to be a part of that project because he needed an ex um, a submission for school, for film school. Um, he had helped direct things, but he had never like been the sole director of a piece. So Roger, um, Roger and I were like, yeah, sure. Why not? We'll, we'll go ahead and do that one night of filming, you know, and the concept was really, really, really cool. Um, the script wasn't too difficult for me at all. Um, you know, just a few lines, but the acting itself, um, was, was really hard. Um, have you, have you seen the film? I have or? not, I have not seen the film, but I really want to. <laughs> it's, um, making its way around the festival circuits right now. And it actually has been, oh, it's, it's been in a couple festivals and one, uh, some sort of, I think best sci-fi award or something at one of the festivals. Um, the concept is the house has taken over these two people's lives. And Roger's character is just moved in next door. And he is uh, woken up by a sound. And he needs to go to bed. And <laughs> this thumping keeps getting louder and louder. And so he goes to check it out. And he starts noticing oddities about these people's houses, this people's, these people's house. Um, he goes, talks with me, says, can you please keep it down? Blah, blah, blah. Notices I have a bruise right here. Just a little bruise. And um, says, I say, yeah, sure. We'll, we'll keep it down. He goes away and the thumping starts again. And so he starts checking out the house. And in checking out the house, he finds some pretty crazy stuff. And I'm not going to give it all away. But, right, yeah. Um, that is the first film that I've ever really been, um, like, gross in. Just gross. I was gross. Like, I was in, like, a moo And I was, like, just very unkept in the film. And at the end of the, the film, the, you know, the, the end, the, the scare, yeah. um, they did something to my face that just made me so creepy. So creepy. It's so good, though. It's like, yes, that's yeah, that's awesome. Um, so they are actually talking about um, potentially making uh, fleshing that story out, making a feature out of it because the um, feedback from, from everyone that's seen it has been so positive. So if they end up doing that, they are going to uh, have me be a part of it. I was going to ask if you're going to be reprising your role. <laughs> It'll be a little bit different. Um, but yes, I will be um, actually, um, one of the, I think, supporting leads. I don't think it's going to end up being like lead lead because it's actually like encompassing like that whole like idea of this house taking over these people's lives. It's encompassing more people. And it's actually going to be like a town that is suffering from blah, 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 blah. Or yeah. at least that's what I heard the last time we, we talked about it. So, yeah. Very cool. Um, you brought this up, so I figured I'd ask. What is it like? 
Because I know, like, I've worked with, like, actors and actresses in the past, and they've been worried about being ugly. Or, like, as you said, like, unkept. What is it like to sort of embrace embrace the ugly, I guess? <laughs> I don't really have much of a problem with it. Um, roles like that always end up being the more challenging roles, and I love that stuff. So um, the first time I ever had to be very natural was actually a stage play called Other Desert Cities. Um, I played a depressed writer who was coming back to her home, her parents' home after not visiting for six years. Um, I tried to kill myself. Um, you know, story fleshes out and the, you know, she just no makeup, hair in a ponytail. That's every day I was in front of an audience doing that. I also actually played a homeless woman uh, in a commercial for a homeless shelter. They were trying to raise funds and I got hired to play an abused mother. And I pretty much look like I do right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no makeup, you know, messy hair. Um, and uh, again, I was cast uh, for that because they knew that I could play real emotions to the camera. Um, and it you know, was less a commercial, more a testimony than anything else. So I don't really um, care that that much. I know a lot of people are like, they don't post pictures unless there's a filter or unless they're very pretty. I'm semi-conscious of that, but, you know, I'm also a mom. And sometimes in order to get the moment captured, I'm, I'm really into taking pictures so that I remember my journey on this planet um, sometimes you don't look the greatest and it's like, well, I'm posting it anyway. Um, <laughs> it's a part of life. <laughs> yes. I've gotten to the point where I'm trying to bring unfiltered pictures back, back as in style. And it's like, nope, no filter. If, <laughs> if I feel I have to put a filter on this, I'm not posting it. I refuse. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Very cool. So I guess sort of as we wind down here, are there any other projects that you'd like to plug? that you are proud of or are coming out recently? You know what? I have been in talks about several projects that haven't really moved forward lately. So, um, you know, other than my little tidbits here and there, you know, nothing, nothing really comes to mind. Um, I did a modeling booking on Friday and it's, it's really empowering when you're almost 40 and you're walking a runway for, for a designer. And it's really cool. Um, I actually have been toying with the idea of trying to give some sort of recital at my alma mater high school. Um, I know the, the, um, the drama teacher there, I actually helped coach some kids, um, for the Sound of Music production and the Adams Family production. They do a spring musical every year. So I'm kind of toying around with the idea of putting together uh, like just like a, a little recital just so that I can get on stage and sing a little bit without yeah. without taking too much of my time up. Um, yeah, so that's about it right now, I think. And I, I saw that you uh, you actually just were at a career day talking about a acting and stuff. What was that like? <laughs> um, the kids were very attentive. Um, 
I actually, uh, Kyle Kelvington is the drama um, teacher there, and I believe choir as well. And he and I go way back um, into the, the college years. Uh, we have performed together. I was his Joanna to uh, his Anthony and Sweeney Todd. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, he has an incredible voice. And so um, I actually came to give notes on his uh, Our Town production. And uh, he asked me uh, some months ago if I'd consider coming and speaking at the career day. And I was honored. I was like, sure, yeah, you know, I'll come and talk to kids about acting. And the biggest thing that I stressed with those kiddos is, you know, if you really want to pursue a career in this, you have to understand that you're probably not going to make a ton of money and you have to be good with money and you have to have a business background. Um, you know, you can go to school and get a degree in whatever your passion is, whether it's film or theater or singing, but I would strongly suggest getting some sort of minor or having some sort of uh, business degree as well. Because when you are an actor, you have to manage your own taxes, yeah. you have to budget, <laughs> you know, you, ha you are your business when you're an actor uh, full time, you know, and it helps to have that base knowledge of how to run a business so that you can market yourself properly and stuff like that. And I showed them two clips. I showed them um, a commercial I was in with Window Nation. And I showed them a scene from a short film I was in called Melting Pot, where um, I cried uh, a little bit. And they were, they were super cool kids to talk to. A couple of them were taking notes. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and for me, that's it's like you don't really realize that you end up with all this knowledge about what you're doing until someone asks you, hey, come speak at this career day. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess I am a professional actress. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Why not? You know, I'll, I'll answer some questions and stuff. And I talk to them about... Um, you know, the hot spots where you probably would want to move if you're going to want to build a resume, um, theater, New York, um, film, L.A. or Atlanta, um, you know, TV, Pittsburgh, Chicago-ish sort of. But if you really want to build that resume, L.A. or, or Atlanta at this point. Um, and I, you know, touched base with them on, you know, be prepared to travel, you know, you're <laughs> You're not going to be home a lot in this business. Um, so, yeah, it was fun. I was honored to talk to those kiddos. We, I had three different sessions. Um, so I talked to probably uh, at least 50 kids. So it was well, cool. What was the age range? Uh, sophomore to senior. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. So um, they had a lot of professionals come to this career day. I was actually shocked. There were <laughs> at least 30 professionals here to talk about anything from 3D printing to working with the government. There was a someone who manages a senator's campaign <laughs> and um, nursing and stuff like that. And then there's then, there, then there's you talking about <laughs> playing with pig guts at three in the morning. <laughs> so funny one uh kid he um after i showed him the clip he was like how do you make yourself cry and i just i had a i 
didn't really have a great answer for that. You know, I just tell him, you know, usually if the scene calls for it, I don't have a problem doing it. Um, and, you know, I can't tell you how many people have asked me that question and I yeah. really can't answer for them. <laughs> I don't know. I have too many emotions and they come out when I need to, when I need them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what, I, I guess while we're on the subject, as we wind down here, um, what is the biggest piece of advice you can give to someone who wants to pursue a career in acting, whether it's in Ohio or somewhere else, or whether it's when you're in high school or later in life, what's the best piece of advice you think you could give? I actually, the advice would change depending on their age. Um, you know, and exactly what field, what type of acting they really want to pursue. You know, I was in a show called The Last Five Years and one young lady that was uh, in that show was talking to me about her social media and her following. She had a huge following on social media. And she was like, I've been thinking about moving to LA. And I'm like, oh, well, how old are you? And she's like, I'm 23. Or yeah, she was like 23. And I'm like, you need to be gone. You need to have gone already. <laughs> like, you, need to, you need to go. <laughs> so get out there. Because technically you're kind of old for LA. So go. Yeah. And she moved out there and she ended up um, booking uh, a role in the Black Panther movie as a Dora Milaje warrior. So yeah. I'm like, yeah, girl, get it. Um, it's If you're young and you don't have family, then I recommend moving to where you will get the most work. Um, for, uh, theater, like I said, that's, that's New York and, uh, for, uh, film and commercial acting, it's Atlanta and LA right now that just being in those hot spots um, will afford you more opportunities than being in Ohio. Now, if you're like me and you just love acting and you don't need to make a million dollars and you don't have to book all the time because you're, you know, you have a job that supports everything you know, your life. Um, you know, the, the biggest thing I can say is just do it, just practice your craft. Um, and, um, being respectful of your own needs, you know, you're not always going to be able to take unpaid jobs. Um, but at the same time, some unpaid jobs could be some of the best acting you ever did. Um, and incredible for your reel and stuff like that, and an incredible experience overall. So if you love it, just do it. Yeah. <laughs> like, just keep doing it. Um, of course, if you want to make money, you have to try to sign with an agency. Um, and um, there are two big agencies uh, in the Pittsburgh, Northeast Ohio area, Talent Group and Doherty. I've heard good things about Doherty. I'm signed with Talent Group, um, and they keep me busy. Yeah. And then, of course, Heyman Talent is a biggie, too. They're down in Columbus. So, you know, um, and that's, of course, for commercial um, commercial acting, industrials, and, uh, and, and print modeling. Um, models, models usually need to do the New York thing, and they're traveling all over the place as well, usually. So... Biggest piece of advice, uh, do it. Yeah. I mean, that's, that, that's, sort of the, that's sort of the same advice I give because pe people want to ask me about directing for God knows what reason and stuff. And I just say, 
I mean, in this day and age, everyone has a camera in their pocket. So, I mean, Mm -hmm. you can really do whatever you want as long as you strive to do it, I guess. Um, Yeah. Where where can people, um, if they want to follow you on social media, do you have, like, Instagram or Twitter or anything? I do. Um, I don't remember my inst- my Instagram account name because I am I'm kind of one of those in the middle about the social media following thing like <laughs> part of me is like I really need to get going on this and and do my and and do this commit to it um and then part of me is like well I have daughters and you know <laughs> sometimes they're creepers and right it, it, I'm like in the middle about things I'm pretty sure my instagram name has my name in it though it's like rachel anderson 2257 or something like that and and, um i have a facebook page and i also have a website um that's rachelandersonactress.com and so yeah i have a business page for um facebook but most of the film following that I have is on my personal account because people seem to relate to me a lot. I I post a lot of honest, honest things. And a lot of times people like that. They like getting to know the person that, that they're seeing in their feed. So you're a big champ. You're a big champion of the, uh, the live video I've noticed on Facebook. (laughs) Yes. That's, not lately too much, but yes, I do go live. Um, it's actually good practice for me, uh, I, I believe. Um, when you're telling a story in a live feed, you have to try to con- collect your thoughts and have a point and build. And, you know, um, it, it's good practice for me for things like if I were to ever have to like give an interview or audition for a role where I have to ad lib a lot. Um, I actually had a booking that was a live booking once where um, this company wanted to train some of their managers. So they hired some actors to come in and play bad employees. (laughs) And they didn't give us a script. They just gave us like a set of criteria for the story. And we went in and we acted the role with the manager to see how they would handle it. And then the manager then got notes from everyone else in the room. So um, going going live on Facebook kind of helps me with that. Helps me um, with my ad lib skills a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. Well, I want to thank you for having this discussion with me. Um, I hope to come to your next premiere of one of your films and potentially, potentially work with you someday. I'll let you know if I'm ever working on a romantic comedy again it's unlikely (laughs) but or if you need a if you need a mom looking villain yeah (laughs) there you go well awesome thank you so much for taking time out of your day to thanks so much for asking me this is super cool
Well, that is about it for this time, guys. I hope that you enjoyed my interview with Rachel Anderson. I want to thank Rachel so much for taking the time to be a part of the show. Make sure you go check out all of Rachel's films. You can find more information on her IMDb page and her website. And yeah, this was a really great conversation. I had a lot of fun with it. And hopefully someday Rachel and I can work on something in the future. Until then, make sure you guys subscribe to my channel and turn on notifications so you don't miss another episode of The House of Horror. And if you were to give this video a thumbs up and share it with a friend, it would be greatly appreciated. I will see you back here next week for another episode of The House of Horror podcast and back here on YouTube tomorrow for another video from the House of Horror. That's all for this time, guys. Take care and stay spooky.